Spencer Mawal, Roland. Whoa, whoa, what? You are grinning now. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so I'm learning a fairly interesting lesson right now. I'm literally learning it as I speak. Which is, I think this whole views thing is only going to work when I'm with someone else who can keep me focused. I've just tried to start this podcast so many times and trailed off into silence because the view is too damn distracting. I'm down on the waterfront in Kirribilli looking at Sydney Harbour and I thought that would be a safe bet. I thought like, yeah, that's a great view. It'll be like a pretty cool place to just pull up and do a podcast. But I underestimated the fact that despite me looking at this very same view for the last 15 years regularly, still blows me away. Still absolutely blows my mind. I look up at the bridge, I'm like, holy fuck, that is a massive bridge. Like, (laughs) okay, that sounds like a completely mundane thing to say. But I mean, we play video games like Call of Duty and Halo and all this sort of shit. And the, the architecture looks so futuristic and enormous and alien. But then you look at something like the Harbour Bridge... And you're like, no, nope, that's absolutely the scale that already exists on this planet. It's just mind-boggling. And then, of course, the beauty of the Opera House and, um, I don't know, seeing the ferries cross back. I need, okay, stop. I'm doing it right now. I'm getting carried away by looking at this view. This is terrible. <laughs> I need to stay focused on what I wanted to actually talk about, which was greenwashing. Um, ooh. Okay, well, here we go. Yeah, there's a fucking mahusive cruise ship. Uh, which I'm gathering by that obnoxious noise means it's going to be leaving soon. Hopefully it doesn't do that again. Whatever, I'm going to push on through. Greenwashing. I wanted to bring greenwashing to everyone's attention. I say everyone like it's every living person ever. Well, hopefully one day, but for the meantime, it's probably my listenership of one being my mum. But anyway, hey mum, thought I'd tell you about greenwashing. (laughs) Fuck, hopefully a few more people are listening than that. But anyway, greenwashing is... Well, look, I'll pull up Wikipedia's definition because they define it very succinctly and much better than I could. Greenwashing, also called green sheen, is a form of spin in which green PR or green marketing is deceptively used to promote the perception that an organization's products, aims or policies are environmentally friendly. So this hopefully doesn't come as new information to anyone that there are actually corporations out there who are prioritizing profit over the health of the planet, but that's actually most of them. Um, Anyway, it's an interesting thing, and it got brought to my attention really recently by a friend about a situation that's happening right now, which I thought was of particular interest, and I'll get to that at the end, but I thought it would be worth giving a brief overview and, and just introducing the concept and its history in Australia. Because I found a cool website. Oh, cool. I mean, the website's called Cool Australia. Oh, shit. There's the boat. Damn. Okay, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have looked out the door. But it's a ginormous cruise ship, which is basically a building floating on water and going out to sea. Cool. Have a good time, everyone. Focus, Roland. Jesus. Okay, I found a website called coolaustralia.org. And that's, again, I think that's a pretty popular website. I'm hopefully people are aware of it um it's i'm embarrassed to admit it's one of my first visits to that website but i thought they summed up greenwashing in a really lateral way they rather than just sort of the obvious way as you'd expect which is hey this product's eco-friendly hey no it's not uh, or that's bullshit or whatever um cool australia has just identified a few uh lenses i suppose through which we should be viewing products with with healthy amount of skepticism so for the first part, for example, they say that 57% of cases, 57, hopefully, I wrote that down, but hopefully that's actually on the website and I didn't just uh, misread it, but whatever. The large majority of cases of greenwashing are basically no proof. 
where the company hasn't actually gone to the required level of detail to prove that the claim it's making is actually true and verifiable. So obviously that's tightly controlled in places like pharmaceuticals where you need double blind placebo study this and X, Y, and Z. But I don't know, it got me thinking. I'm like, well, you walk into Woolworths and there is like not just thousands, there's like tens of thousands of different products on the shelves. So I would like to think that I mean, and tens of thousands of products, all of which have various claims and, and information on them about the product, be it its ingredients, its origin, um, all that all that sort of stuff. And you just sort of assume that none of it's bullshit because it's on the label already and you assume, oh, there's probably regulatory bodies that are making sure that none of this is bullshit. And the fact is, is yes, they do exist, but let's go back, tens of thousands of products. Of course, not all of them. I mean, th there's going to be, there's bound to be some that, fall through the cracks and I'm just using Woolworths as an example of you know one place that sells a shitload of things but this is applies to all industries not just supermarkets um, that you know there's a lot often just not any proof I mean think about what happened with Volkswagen with the recall for their diesel emissions they made false claims about diesel emissions and that made that company's in the fucking gurgler now <laughs> like and it's cool it's cool that it's um that it's been identified and that there's there's been repercussions, but it's pretty frightening to think that a company as large as Volkswagen could just make shit up and get away with it for a you know a short amount of time, thankfully. But imagine if it just didn't get found, and there were people buying vehicles. I mean, people put a lot of thought into into their purchases, especially big ticket items like cars that are going to be making a large contribution to their carbon footprint. So, how fucking terrifying that a company is willing to just falsify the emission standards of its vehicles. Anyway, so no proof is the first thing that Cool Australia identifies. Um, and I just thought that was really worth thinking about because when do you ever question shit on a label that you pick up in a shop? You're just like, oh yeah, I'm assuming this is, it, this is true. I'm assuming that they tell me... I mean, take a nutrition panel, for example. You pick up a, a packaged piece of food and it's got an ingredients list and a nutrition panel, but you sort of that's all you've got to go off you, you're not there at the place of manufacturing you don't actually have you know methodology in front of you you can't know what actually is in there you're just taking the word of the of the producer and thankfully there are regulatory bodies you know taking care of the of the the truth of these claims but whatever i'm waffling about this i think it's fairly self-explanatory there's a lot of people making shit up out there because dollars man dollars is heaps more interesting than environmental friendliness to some people i suppose the second thing that Cool Australia brought up was just general vagueness. Uh, insofar as phrases like chemical free, I mean, everything's a fucking chemical. Everything. Water is a chemical. So chemical free means nothing. Um, Non-toxic. Everything is toxic when it reaches a certain amount. Everything, including water, for example. Like, everything is toxic in excess. So to non-toxic, again, doesn't really mean a whole lot. And things like all natural. I mean, that sounds so good. And it's just these buzzwords that, that ping in people's brains and, and satisfy criteria of their of their purchase. And they're like, yeah, sweet, I'll, I'll get that. But all natural, Cool Australia identifies, for example, that arsenic and mercury are all natural, but pretty fucking bad for you. Um, and then the last point that I thought worth bringing up here was irrelevance. So, I mean imagine an aerosol can that says oh no cfcs and you're like yeah sweet no cfcs i know that's bad for the ozone layer but sorry cfcs are actually illegal so that's a waste of print and um sort of well technically greenwashing basically that's what greenwashing is all about it's about lulling the consumer into this false sense of environmental security about what they're buying and it's terrifying that that there's companies out there doing that but uh i guess that's the strength 
of profit as a motivation. But Cool Australia recommends a few things to think about when you're buying something. So for the, to begin with, and I'm just reading this straight off the website now, um, if they make a claim, can they prove it to be true 100% of the time? If the claim is true, does it really matter? Is the problem being avoided really important? Are there any other negative issues being overlooked? And are their claims being backed up by solid evidence? So I thought I'll put a link up to that website so that people can have a look at that in more detail on Everyday Green. So I just thought it was worth everyone being aware of. Uh, some examples of greenwashing in the past that I also thought were worth bringing up um, was Saab. Saab got in a lot of trouble in 2007, 2008. Um, and I'll read this. This is off the ACCC's website. It's Saab Green Claims Declared Misleading by the Federal Court. So this was from September 2008. In proceedings taken by the ACCC, the Federal Court has declared that GM Holden, acting as Saab Australia, made false and misleading claims in its green campaign which promoted the environmentally friendly nature of its Saab range of vehicles. So between 27 July and 1 September 2007, GM Holden, trading as Saab Australia, published newspaper and magazine advertisements across Australia promoting the Saab range of motor vehicles. Under the headline statement green contained the words and phrases green, every Saab is green with carbon emissions neutral across the entire Saab range. And also in inverted commas here, shift to neutral. In the advertisements, GM Holden represented that it had taken measures so that the carbon dioxide emissions from any Saab motor vehicle would be neutral over the life of that motor vehicle. In the same advertisements, GM Holden also represented that in the first year following the purchase of a Saab motor vehicle, GM Holden would plant on behalf of the purchaser 17 native trees, which would offset the carbon dioxide emissions for the life of that motor vehicle. These claims were misleading. The carbon dioxide emissions from any Saab motor vehicle would not be neutral over the life of that motor vehicle, and the planting of 17 native trees would only provide a carbon dioxide emission offset for a single year's operation of the motor vehicle. Therefore, the Federal Court declared that GM Holden contravened sections 52 and 53 of the Trade Practices Act by engaging in misleading conduct. Um, blah, blah, blah. So the ACCC has accepted court-enforceable undertakings from GM Holden, where GM Holden has undertaken to refrain from republishing the advertisements, retrain all its staff marketing staff in relation to misleading and deceptive conduct in the context of green marketing claims to make them aware of their responsibilities under the Act and have the training reviewed by an independent third party and have the reviewer provide a report to the ACCC about the training. So, oh, I don't know, this doesn't look like they actually got fined a, a large amount of money or anything. It looked like they got a bit of a smack on the wrist, but I probably should have read this before I just started reading it on my podcast. But um, anyway, it said, oh, here we go. GM Holden has also advised the ACCC that it will plant 12,500 native trees which it believes will be a sufficient number of trees to offset the carbon dioxide emissions for the life of all of the Saab motor vehicles sold during the campaign. Oh man, it's pretty disgusting, hey? Like, it's pretty fucked up that a company is just really, really willing to use environmental friendliness as a, as a you know, savvy, I resent using that word, but a savvy marketing tactic, but it is savvy. I mean, everyone is concerned about it. Everyone thinks about how much they're driving and, and the carbon footprint of their vehicles and we all try and cut down. So it's sort of fucked up that a company's gonna, I mean, everyone's, what I mean by that is everyone's looking for, you know, uh, a bow to grab, a branch to grab rather, like something to grab onto to be like, oh sweet, like that's what I'll buy because 
Otherwise, everything seems the same and everything seems bad. Unless you're driving an electric vehicle, unless you're on your push bike, all cars seem bad. So all it takes is one sort of, I mean, think about what BP does at the Bowsers. I'm not sure if anyone has seen BP's petrol Bowsers, but literally just the coloring, coloring their 91 ethanol green and, and making all of these bizarre green claims about recapturing the emissions at the Bowser and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's all bullshit. It's, it's, and it's no different from Tony Abbott telling you about clean coal, telling you coal can be clean. And I mean, it fucking can't, full stop. Like, and burning petrol with burning coal, they, they, these are things that are just not green. They're full stop, not green. And while some vehicles can be better than others, while some coal fired power plants can be more efficient than others, they're all still pretty damaging. So it's sort of, it's a band aid solution in, in, in that sense. And it's frustrating to see. So that was one example about the ACCC. I would, oh, I was hoping to be able to say the ACCC throwing the book at someone about this, but it doesn't exactly seem like... It seems like GM Holden were like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, you caught us, but we'll do X, Y, and Z, and, and, and we'll start, no, we'll do ABC as well. And then, you know, sort of flooded these options, the ACCC with these options about what they're going to do. I mean, retraining staff, I'm not sure. Oh, geez, this isn't worth me getting hot under the collar when it's a 10-year-old article, but it's just... It fucks me off. It really does. Um, another slightly more obscure case of greenwashing in the past which i couldn't find a verdict on and granted i didn't look very hard but i wanted to bring this up mainly because it's a, a more obscure form of greenwashing and it was unfortunately it was woolworths which is i say unfortunate because they're pretty much the biggest company in this country um with like 900 supermarkets across the bloody island but anyway they were rebranding uh toilet paper as a Woolies home brand, but the toilet paper, and they were also putting various sustainable forest fi uh, fibers logos on it and all that sort of stuff. But the plant that they were getting it from in Asia was called APP, which I think was Asia Pulp and Paper. Uh, there's no, there was nothing green about it. I mean, there was nothing recycled, there was nothing sustainable. And whether that was Woolworths not doing their sufficient due diligence to find that out or just being opportunistic and banging the label on there because they hope no one would see i mean you'd hope that it was geez i don't know you'd almost hope it was the former but even though that's not very good anyway um anyway but it was the union representing forestry workers that accused woolworths of greenwashing um and woolworths removed uh let me pull up this article again um, Chief Executive Michael Lerscombe said the union wasted its money on advertising, maintained that Woolworths treated environmental concerns seriously, blah, blah, blah. Um, Woolworths has removed the green claims from the packaging of its select brand products, even though Mr. Luscombe said he is satisfied that the mills that provide the paper are harvesting wood in a sustainable manner. Well, of course you are, mate. Um, go out there and see and then come back and tell us. But again, where, where am I looking at? Okay, 2008. This is another 10-year-old article. I think I'm getting, <laughs> letting this get the better of me and rambling, but I wanted to bring these up just because they show how, how easily it can happen without you realizing. Um, anyway, I'm going to get to the final part of this podcast, which was a dialogue that a friend of mine brought to my attention. This is my friend, Pete Rowett, who makes fucking sick hand plates. I was going to try and avoid swearing there, but that's how good they are. They're just that fucking good. It makes recycled hand, hand planes out of recycled ply, covers them in entropy super sap resin. Man, I took one to Indo and I got barreled for like 200 meters, or maybe not barreled, but like it's insane to be able to ride a wave in the pocket for 200 meters. But these hand planes are insane. If, you, if you're a body surfer or you're someone who's interested, have a look. It's called Glissando Outdoors on Instagram. But Pete, noticed something about 
and I dread saying this name, but Patagonia. Obviously, I've had my dealings with Patagonia in the last 12 months, and at various stages, I got pretty upset about um, the, their conduct, but it seemed it was just a communication difficulty, which they resolved very willingly. And so, I mean, I sit on the fence in this situation, and I'm just bringing this up to, to introduce people to a, a, a current dialogue, something that's happening right now. Because Patagonia has introduced this new product range called Patagonia Provisions under the concept from their founder, Yvonne Chenet, who sounds like an extremely eccentric and inspiring guy, but um, about if we want to change the planet or if we want to save the planet, it starts with food. And obviously, I agree with that sentiment. I've I've been vegan for 18 months and I I try and eat as sustainably as I can. I'm, I'm hoping that we all do. But Pete brought to my attention the fact that this stuff getting retailed in Australia. Oh, look, let me just read out. This is a comment feed on Instagram. Um, Yeah, so it starts with this quote. If we really want to protect our planet, it starts with food. So someone called Louise Van Sleeve says, love your new food range, but really struggle with non-recyclable slash non-biodegradable packaging. Unfortunately, generate more rubbish when I hike than I do at home, which feels counterintuitive. We are waste-free at home, but explaining to my 10-year-old why we had so much packaging to carry out on a four-day hiking trip was a challenge. Is there any chance of changing the packaging? Um, And this is where Pete weighed in straight up. Patagonia, I have two questions. Patagonia Australia, by the way. This is at Patagonia Oz on Instagram if you want to follow this up. Um, I have two questions. One, are Patagonia provisions made in Australia or imported? Two, how are they packed and in what material? So... Patagonia came back to the first comment from this Louise woman who's been out hiking with her family saying Patagonia you know at Patagonia we're always searching for ways to better our environmental footprint this includes packaging currently we have conducted research and have learned that compared to a can a retort pouch uses two-thirds less packaging which translates to important environmental savings retort packaging compared to cans uses up to 75% less energy to produce generates less waste after the consumer is done with it and reduces fossil fuel energy fossil fuel and energy consumption in storage and transport. There are currently no perfect packaging solutions. All packaging has advantages and disadvantages. Our ideal would be minimal packaging, easily recyclable and made from renewable clean materials, but we're not there yet. So, look, before reading down, and I think this is pretty much what Pete goes on to say, but I mean, that is pretty disturbing straight up because A, it's very obviously written by some PR pro putting a very positive spin on the fact that they're using non-recyclable single-use plastic packaging calling it retort pouches instead of plastic, um, claiming that it generates, costs less electricity or energy to produce, but obviously, I mean, but then it's non-recyclable, um, but then generates less waste after the consumer is done with it. And no, it doesn't. It generates more because once you'll never be done with recyclable packaging. That's the ideal. Anyway, so Pete goes, transitioning from cans, in brackets, recyclable material, to plastic pouches brackets plastic waste is the opposite of a reduction cans can be continuously recycled therefore creating no waste only production emissions each patagonia provisions item is packaged in single-use plastic that will end up in landfill for 500 years in the best case scenario or in our environments it won't be long until these things pollute our hiking trails beaches and mountains cheers patagonia provisions and patagonia australia And then again, Patagonia Australia, is all of your food imported or is some produced in Australia? So Patagonia now comes back to Pete. 
The majority of our products are sourced from the continental US. We still feel it is important to take our food mission to, to our Patagonia customers in Australia. And though we advocate for eating locally and supporting local farmers and producers, it is a common practice for many foods to be imported to Australia. Organic farming is relatively small in Australia, less than 5%, and is still viewed as very expensive in country. Our hope is to further the conversation around organic sustainable food consumption in Australia with the Patagonia Provisions line. So Pete really comes into his own here and he goes, Patagonia, okay. There are a few things going on in that comment, so let me address each of them. First, yes, lots of food is imported into Australia in plastic packaging, like you. Would you say these businesses are also saving the planet? Sure, your food is organic. That has nothing to do with the issues of plastic waste and high food miles that you seem not to acknowledge. Second, you claim to advocate for local food production in Australia, but all you're doing is competing with it. This is greenwashing at its worst. If your mission were genuine, you wouldn't sell something that directly contradicts it. You would encourage people to adopt the desired behaviour changes, as in less waste and less food miles. Instead, you're facilitating the opposite. Third, I don't know where you got that unreferenced, unreferenced statistic from, but Australia has amongst the most organic farmland out of any country on the planet. Could you please provide a link? The plastic packaged crap filling our shelves here is killing our environments. So how about you take a stance on this issue and boycott single-use plastic packaging? You've overlooked the importance of this issue and it's already causing you serious brand damage. If you don't have a better way to sell food, then just don't. So Jordan, Monty, another good compadre of mine who's currently traveling Europe, but he is my, we were in Chile together this time last year actually. Um, in Patagonia, ironically. <laughs> um, he says, Patagonia Australia, when Yvonne made that comment, do you think ever in his wildest dreams that would mean manufacturing single-use plastic, filling it with food at location and clocking up significant food miles on its way to shelves in Australia? Most Aussie states currently do not have residential or commercial soft plastic recycling facilities, meaning that these pouches being shipped in from overseas will inevitably end up buried in our soil. I can't comment for other areas, but in Sydney I can walk around the corner and buy more locally produced organic fruit, veg vegetables, meat and camping snacks with a fraction of the food miles and for less money. Patagonia Australia, there's a fantastic opportunity in this to boost our local organic food economy, but right now you're going head to head with it and causing unnecessary environmental harm through transport emissions as a result. You hold a unique position in the community and as, as in many cases, your marketing is the only form of environmental education consumers are exposed to. Please choose local food and reconsider your packaging, which is a fucking really good point um, because we're so bloody addicted to our social media feeds. It's really cool that Patagonia uses that to promote in messages of environmental stewardship, but um, yeah, it's sort of scary when it is their only form of environmental education that some consumers are getting. So, Patagonia Australia back. Hello, Pete Rowe. Thank you for your comments, all of which are noted and passed along to our provisions team. In response to your question, according to the Australian Organic Market Report 2017, currently 7% of Australian farmland is under certified organic management. If you'd like to DM us with any further and specific comments, we will be happy to answer or direct you to the Patagonia Provisions customer service team. Amazing redirection there where they're trying to just offload it so it's not public anymore so that Pete is just talking to them in private. That's pretty fucking scummy as well. Um, Patagonia made another comment tagging both Pete and Jordan. We acknowledge that recycling is very important to us, but the environmental benefits of using less material by using a pouch and greatly reducing the amount of packaging that would be manufactured and disposed of offsets the environmental benefits of recycling a can or other types of packaging. 
We continually look for packaging solutions that meet our food safety requirements and are also environmental friendly. But unfortunately, there are currently no such packaging solutions. Our ideal would be minimal packaging, easily recyclable and made from renewable clean materials, but we're not there yet. We're still looking. I should mention here as well, um, Pete is currently doing a master's in climate change and Jordan studied environmental management and has, and has been working for Sydney City Council for the last three years. Um, these guys are like really well, they're actual experts. I mean, I fucking podcast in the back of my truck and harp on till the cows come home, but these guys are guys who are just putting their heads down and doing you know, hard work to contend with this issue. They're actually educated in this subject, so it's really cool to see them getting behind a discussion like this. Um, so Jordan says, Patagonia, thanks for responding. Have you undertaken a life cycle assessment of both materials over their life? What's the benefit of less physical material packing? If the amount of energy is used to create it over and over... Dude, shut the fuck up in the background. Why aren't you being respectful of me doing my weird thing in the back of my truck in a public place? <laughs> uh, tourists, love it. I actually, I actually totally do love seeing tourists froth out in your home city. I mean, that's just the coolest thing ever. There's nothing like that to remind you of how cool where you live is. Anyway, I'll start that comment again. Um, have you undertaken a life cycle assessment of both materials over their life? What's the benefit of less physical material packaging if the amount of energy used to create it over and over is higher than tins in the reuse slash recycle process? Of equal importance is the sourcing of local food without the miles behind it and the use of a recyclable material in the first place. I'm only pushing this because I care and have been a customer for many years. Jordan's so fucking nice. He's that nice in person as well, guys, just FYI. Um, Pete, and these are comments made two days ago that Patagonia has failed to respond to, but obviously I'm quite well versed in the efficacy of their communications which is shithouse um but i again like i'm a customer as well i like this company and i think it should it, it goes without saying that patagonia is, is setting a really good example for other corporations but this is a sad reminder that oh yep they're still a corporation they're still trying to seek a profit um and seemingly by this i guess is this horizontal integration where you, you're spreading out into different industries and different products whatever don't get off track, Rolly. Um, Pete's last comment. This is this is the closing comment for the feed so far, but I'd encourage you to keep up with this because it's a really compelling discussion. Um, Pete says, thanks. My concern with this is that it carries obvious and avoidable environmental problems, single-use plastic waste, and high food miles. You've tried to address these concerns by making three points. Number one, single-use plastic pouches are actually better for the environment than recycling. Two, the Australian organic sector is unviable for supplying ingredients because it is too small slash expensive. Three, Patagonia rationalised the environmental impacts of high food miles and single-use plastic packaging because it is the status quo within the Australian food sector. These are the types of arguments I would expect from Coca-Cola, McDonald's or BP. You are flogging an environmentally destructive product line and trying to convince us and your customers that we are somehow saving the planet by buying it. Cause no unnecessary harm. Use business to inspire solutions to the environmental crisis, which is Patagonia's, I don't want to say tagline, but mission statement, that's the word. Um, more like lose no unnecessary profit. Use misinformation to perpetuate consumerism in the name of conservation. So look, big shots fired there. And I'm not firing any of my own. I'm really happy to just observe this conversation and you know use it as a really good case study for greenwashing because it is something that everyone needs to be aware of. It's gonna happen more and more, unfortunately, as climate change becomes a bigger and bigger issue, which it is. I mean, we know it's on this sliding trajectory of only increasing in importance. 
And sadly, whilst that is going to mean uh, growing awareness, it's also going to mean more greenwashing. So this is stuff that's worth being aware of. And whilst it might seem like I've just wasted half an hour of my time and yours by running my mouth about nonsense whilst being distracted by one of the most glorious views on earth. Um, and you know what? That sounds true now that I said it out loud. <laughs> Whatever. You need to know about greenwashing. Be aware of it. Don't fall for it. Just fucking put thought into what you're buying. I say fucking. I don't mean that. That sounds aggressive. What I'm saying is, I, you know what? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're already doing this. So just, I'm going to encourage you to continue doing it. Just continue putting thought into your purchasing. Continue going to the nth degree, researching what you're buying, where it's coming from, and the environmental rucksack that comes with it. Because like I said in, in my Views podcast with Zach, you know, everything has an environmental rucksack as far as the cost of materials, the cost of transport, the cost of waste. All of that stuff, there is an ecological rucksack that comes with every single purchase you make. And this is a point that I've, I try and make to, to people when I get the opportunity that it often falls upon deaf ears. But in my opinion, buying things, using dollars, that is the truest form of democracy in this day and age. That is the most direct way that you can vote for the things that you like and, the thing, and vote against the things that you don't like. I mean, we live in a capitalist world. We live in a world where that keeps spinning based on what is getting bought and sold. So don't kid yourself and pretend that you're not part of that system. You absolutely are no matter how much money you have. So every single dollar counts. Seriously, like it doesn't matter how much money you have. I promise you that every dollar is a vote and don't pretend that it's not. So yeah, keep thinking about it. And just, I mean, this is worth your attention. It's absolutely worth your attention. And if you're spending money, you're sort of crazy not to be researching what you're spending your money on. So yeah, that's it. I'm going to go and enjoy this view and stop freaking out tourists. Bye. <laughs>